Welcome to episode number 53 of Geek This. My name is Dave Clements, and I am here with not two, but three awesome guys um, to help uh, just kind of shut down 2015, and hopefully this will be the greatest episode that you listen to. Um, To the, the south of me, geographically, is Mr. David Hunt. Hello. I am here. Um, to the, I don't know, the southwest of him, geographically, is Mr. Mike Kastriva. Hey, what's up, guys? My name's Mike. And then to the literal southwest of all of us is Mr. Adam McGorman, who is guest hosting this episode. Yes, I'm here. So excited. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> uh, so... Um, as you know from reading title, because how many times do you ever start a podcast and you don't look at the title? Um, we're going to be talking about The Force Awakens, which I keep wanting to call The Force Unleashed. <laughs> it's really Good bad. Good game. I enjoyed the first one. I haven't played the second one. It's short, but I still enjoyed it. Hmm. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So, you guys may remember, um, Adam <coughs> has been on... A few episodes of the show, um, but he was actually on Geek This for the very first time 50 episodes ago on episode number three, where we talked about this very moment in the future past. How 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 do I explain that one? <laughs> was Adam on Geek This before I was? Yes, actually he was. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he was. Yeah, we talked about Star Wars and... Um, just kind of, we were trying to imagine what this movie was going to be like because I think at the time we knew that JJ was directing. Mm. Do you remember? Yeah, that day? and if you, I, I definitely do. And I remember we had this conversation about like who we wanted to direct the film, and I was all like, "Oh, I wish Brian Johnson was directing this movie and not JJ Abrams because that's such a safe choice." And then, of course, like. Who's directing the next episode? Mm-hmm. My boy. Well, not really my boy. But <laughs> I, Who you I remember know from that. such works as Looper. That's what I know him from. Yes, I remember that episode. I remember listening to that. Oh yeah, that was way before Mike. That was yeah. that was when Mike was still in diapers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was not. I was not a geek. This adult. No, if you if you believe it or not, that episode was. Like two and a half, almost three years ago. It's pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, we, uh, we were still nerding that back then. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> true. I think the podcast was just just switching over to just being called Geek This Podcast instead of Geek This Nerd That. What a terrible name for a show. Uh, anyway, enough ranting aside. You guys are ready to hear what we have to say about Star Wars, but you're going to have to wait one more second. Um, a news article that kind of um, came up to something I, I noticed on um, Facebook when I was there was that new concept art for another comic book related show that Fox will do, which I don't really trust with comics anymore. Um, and I need to find exactly what it is. Oh, um, yeah, apparently Fox wants to make a, an X-Force TV show. Um, using some staple 
X-Men characters, which I guess they can technically do since they own the right the film rights. Will it tie into um to Deadpool or I don't know for sure. Um they I know that a lot of people want it to, but as of right now I think it's standalone and they're talking right now I think the only people that they have as possible characters are Cable, Domino, and Warpath. Those are kind of their definite characters they want to use. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting that Fox wants to try their hand at yet another superhero movie. I, I would be bummed out if they put if they introduced Cable in the show and <clears throat> and not in like the Deadpool sequel because Deadpool and Cable go together like that's that's those two together special. Yeah. So if he's in, if he's introduced in the TV show, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I agree. I. I think it's weird that uh, Colossus is in yeah. Deadpool and not Cable. Yeah, yeah I think they're trying for for that. They're trying to make X Men fans and Deadpool fans kind of happy because I f- I don't feel like Apocalypse is going to be that great. So I feel like they're trying to merge worlds or show that it is in the same universe, even though it's probably going to have a totally different feel, movie wise. Well, that I mean that's worked before. I mean, uh, Daredevil is theoretically in the same world as the Avengers films. Yeah. And it's totally different feel, and it's been super, super successful. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. But my question is, how are they going to come... How are they going to put this movie, uh, the the Deadpool movie, in the X-Men universe, when technically in the X-Men universe, they've already had a, quote, Deadpool yeah, I, I, well, knowing knowing Deadpool, I feel like the way that they're going to kind of appease that is Ryan Reynolds is going to say some offhanded remark about deja vu. That's my guess. Yeah, I think that'd actually be a, a really smart way for them to handle it is to actually like have the character of Deadpool make some sort of comments because you know, part of Deadpool's thing is that he breaks the fourth wall all the time and talks directly to the reader, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I doubt that uh, whoever's in charge of this has the kind of the, the fortitude to take that risk because it is a little bit of a risky move to do that. And some people who aren't familiar with Deadpool like will be super taken aback by that. But I think that would be I think that'd be the smart thing to do. Yeah, I agree. It's almost the only way you can do it. Uh, as far as X Force goes, I don't know. Well, now that I look at it, they're talking about either it being a TV show or a film. It's almost like they can't make up their mind. I guess if they do a movie, it'll work, but I feel like they do need to start introducing maybe at least Cable in Deadpool, because that's going to be the film that everybody sees. Yeah. I feel like they're trying too hard. We will see. Yeah, that's true. In other sort of multimedia franchise deals, I saw some pictures this week of the Assassin's Creed film What's starring the uh, the amazing Michael Fassbender. Yeah, great actor right there. Um, I mean, I don't know that there's anything that he's bad in, um, but I've seen some pictures, probably not the pictures you're talking about, and they look, pre- they, they look pretty great. I'm excited, and I've never actually played the game. Yeah, I mean... I really, really enjoyed the first few of those games, and then they started putting them out 
every single year, and I don't know. There are yeah. certainly some issues with the, the game side of the franchise, which made me not very excited about the movie, but looking at these pictures makes me want to be excited for this, especially given the, the talent involved. Yeah, the, uh, the costume definitely does look uh, faithful to uh, the video games, mm-hmm. which I'm happy about. Because um, so many times they take something and twist it to whatever they want. Uh, so hopefully this will be a semi-faithful adaptation. Yeah. Have any of you guys played any of the video games? I have not. I, I played uh, some of the earlier ones, but I haven't played anything recently, not since they gave it the, the Call of Duty effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I I think it's interesting. That, and like you said, the costume definitely has that iconic Assassin's Creed look to it. I think it's obviously way too early to tell if this film's going to work out well, but I think the concept behind Assassin's Creed is or at least was, very, very original in its time, and it'll be interesting to see how it makes the transition to the big screen. Um, real quick, just in case we have listeners that kind of know what we're talking about, can you kind of explain Assassin's Creed a little bit? I know we're dying to get to Star Wars, sure. but I promise it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be concise as I possibly <laughs> can. So the idea behind Assassin's Creed, and, and David, feel free to correct me if I get this, if I get this wrong, but... Uh, there is a, a guy who exists in the modern age and has this tool that he uses called the Animus to explore the memories of his ancestors. So he's he comes from this long line of people referred to as the Assassins. And um, basically, the conceit is that you use this tool to go back into a historical period and assassinate people, essentially. Yep, sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> mm, sounds good. <laughs> good enough! Well, I mean, um, yeah, I think I'm going to be stuck playing Fallout for the rest of my life. <laughs> Agreed. Fallout. <clears throat> I can't play it. I don't have a cool system right, to run David. it on. <laughs> I'm not cool enough. It's all right. I have a podcast. That's good enough. I have a podcast. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> I'm going to make a t-shirt. We, we, we all have a podcast. We do, including Adam. Adam, this is your show too, buddy. Oh, wow. Thanks. That doesn't mean I don't want to put my name on this. I don't want to put my name on this train wreck of a show. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thanks, uh, Adam, for jumping in for a news segment. We will talk to you never. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, my friends. I, I read about something that Congress wants NASA to build a deep space habitat. Like a Death Star? I, I don't think so. I don't think we're quite there yet. Uh-huh. But, but, yeah, uh, Congress is... <laughs> For NASA, for NASA to build a deep space habitat uh, for a Mars mission. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I did not. Which I think, I think is kind of cool. Mainly because last I had heard um, they had been kind of pulling back on the space exploration. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I I thought that funding was kind of cut. That's what they not, want you so. to think. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy. We one, we're going to be one step closer to finding a galaxy far, far away. That's true. Wouldn't it suck if it's nothing like Star Wars? What if it's like more like Star Trek, which isn't nearly as cool as Star Wars? You watch your mouth. <laughs> that they're, they're different things. You can't compare the two. They're like apples and oranges. They're both freaking fruits, and I like Wait. one better than the other. Wait a second. So you are telling me that you would rather live in a world with a totalitarian, totalitarian, like intergalactic empire telling you what to do, rather than like a, a post-capitalistic utopian space civilization? <laughs> there are lightsabers in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it, if you ever see someone with a lightsaber, chances are they're coming to cut your head off. <laughs> and I will gladly take it. I don't because- understand. I will get to heaven and go, God, I was killed with a lightsaber. How awesome is that? <laughs> what? Uh, oh, I can't. Oh, gosh. Th- this is hey, how, okay. Adam, this is how I run my life. Like, I just, whatever pops in my head, I go with it. <sighs> That's why I have two kids. This is, this is what, uh, this is what makes this show amazing. My, conversations like this. Adam's intelligence and my lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> that's not what i was referring to just the um oh, the, the nerd fights minimal nerd rage not none <laughs> just minimal yeah. I, I think a space habitat's kind of cool i think so too uh but imagine like if they do ever open anything up like that to, to like us you know i mean not us because we'll never have enough money to, to board that thing but well, and I'm too yeah. fat. Like, I could never get through, like, all of their strategic exercises that they have to do. Just being honest. <laughs> There's no need to, to talk bad about yourself, David. Oh, I'm just being honest. I've, I've come to grips with the fact that I'm on the hefty side. Anyway. Uh, it's really important that you maintain a positive self-image and believe yeah. in yourself. Well, I'm positively yes. getting larger by the day. We we all believe in you, Dave. <laughs> we do. In other this. news, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was in talks to play Anakin Skywalker at one point. Really? Could you guys imagine <laughs> how much better that would be? <laughs> oh my gosh! Can somebody just edit him in to the prequels and let that be that? Yeah. That- that- I was about to say that might have made the prequels bearable. I yeah, that could have saved him. They could just like re-edit foot- footage from What's Eating Gilbert Grape into The Phantom Menace and then throw him in different parts at the right ages for the other two movies and it'd still be better. Can I can I say something real quick? I know we're, this is sort of on topic. Have you guys seen this YouTube video of fans reacting to the Phantom Menace back in back in the day, like when it first came out? No. There's a YouTube there's a YouTube video of a bunch of people being interviewed after they saw the Phantom Menace and every single person was like, It's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. I just thought it was in, I just thought that was interesting. Well, I, I heard about that and I heard that it I think a lot of people expect that a couple years down the line or a few years down the line, we're going to say that about The Force Awakens. 
That's what I've exactly. heard. Um, I've heard that too, but I don't think it's the same situation. I don't either. You know, I was really worried that the second time I watched The Force Awakens, that I was going to walk in there and be like, oh, this isn't as good as I thought it was. But I still liked it the second time. In fact, I might even say I enjoyed it more. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I just thought that was interesting. No, no. It, it works. <laughs> All right. It is time to awaken the force, ladies and gentlemen. So here's how we're going to do this. We are going to do a spoiler-free version, and it's just... It's going to be quick, because we can't not talk about spoilers, because I've not been allowed to talk about it at my house, because my wife hasn't seen it. Um, oh. It's, it's been tough. It's killing me, guys. Um, yeah, I bet. So we'll do spoiler-free, and then we will rush into the spoiler section. So um, after we rate it, um, give it our, our stars, um, then if you haven't seen the movie, stop what you're doing and come back later after you've seen it. All right? Let's do this. There you go. Okay, so let's start out. Um, but when did you guys see the film? Uh, I saw the film opening weekend once, and then again on Christmas Day. Um, I saw it Friday morning, opening weekend, in Indianapolis at the Art Museum in IMAX, and I will never forget it. Awesome experience. I saw it uh, the Thursday night uh, opening weekend at 7 p.m., so I saw the opening showing um, right here in good old Kokomo, uh, and that was amazing. Um, just the the energy of being there and everyone being so excited, no one knowing uh, what they were about ready to watch. Yeah. Um, because at that time, I mean, it hadn't been shown anywhere besides overseas. Uh, so, I mean, we were just so pumped and going in there and everyone clapping when the movie started. And everyone, if you're there watching it at 7 p.m., you're like a true Star Wars fan. So everyone was laughing and clapping at the same parts. And it was, I haven't been in a theater like that in a long time. Um, so that was really neat. And then the second time I saw it uh, was this past Sunday uh, at the IMAX in 3D. So can you comment as to kind of your your the difference in your experience between the regular film and the IMAX version? Well, um, for me, I, I didn't really see... I, well, I mean, IMAX, it's just a really cool experience because it, it is the IMAX screen, you know, it's so much bigger. Um, but as far as, like, the 3D, I didn't notice a ton of uh, 3D effects. I don't think they filmed really anything in, in 3D. Not that I know of. It, I might be wrong, so sorry, people, if I am. <laughs> but there are only two parts in the movie that I really noticed the 3D, and that was um, the scroll at the beginning, and then in the, the space battles. Uh, <clears throat> those were awesome in 3D, uh, because there were parts where you you felt like you were... Uh, in one of the X-Wings. Yeah, it was really cool. So the the parts of the movie that that weren't that, were they 
flat, or were they still in 3D, but just kind of subtle? Uh, they were still in 3D uh, for the most part, but it was very subtle. Like, if you took off your glasses, it's it was a little blurry, uh, but not very. So the if you do take the the glasses off tests, which people tell you to do to see how much 3D there actually is, uh, there wasn't a ton. Wow. Well, that, that's probably for the best, to be honest. Yeah. Sometimes, if it's not filmed in 3D and they overdo it, it kind of messes with the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I went uh, to the 10 p.m. showing opening night um, at just the tiny little local theater we have, and um, they actually had... They've only got five actual theaters in the building, and three of them um, Star Wars was taking up. Uh, so I thought that was actually really cool um, that they had sold that many tickets to to have you know three theaters taken up. Um, but I took my I took um, Duck, who is my seven year old, with me. It was a late show, but um, I I don't regret it at all. She absolutely loved this movie. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, while we're on the topic, you were talking about how three of the five theaters uh, had had Star Wars in it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy how the ticket sales have been for this movie. You know how many records it's already breaking. Right. I'm. The last I heard, they had broke a billion dollars internationally, like worldwide That's sales. That is insane. Mm-hmm. I, I can barely imagine a million dollars, let alone a billion. And the crazy thing is they haven't even opened in China yet, which is the second biggest market. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah. They don't open in China (laughs) until January. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Like, I can remember, you know, even before I went to the 10 o'clock showing, there were, like, they had already broke records, which was insane. Um, And then... You know, the next morning I wake up and they'd broken even more. Uh, so it, it's it's crazy how big of a film this was. As as fans of whether it's the Star Wars universe or the Star Wars movies, because um, they're kind of two different things. Um, what were you guys' expectation expectations walking into the theater that night or that morning, if you're Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of tried to keep my expectations low even though i i mean it's a star wars film so i i knew part of me was going to love it but because of um because of the the prequels kind of i i wouldn't say they were completely terrible you know some people say that everything was bad about them but i think they definitely had some high spots uh but because they weren't um well they didn't live up to that expectation uh, that you expect of a Star Wars set of series, uh, set of films. I, I was really nervous that this wouldn't be as good as we all wanted it to be. Hmm. But I was super excited because I love Star Wars and I love J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. I love, I'm like I'm a huge Lost fan, um, so I, I trusted him. But there was still just a nervousness of I hope this is as good as I want it to be. Yeah. Had any of you guys seen all the trailers before the film? I watched them all. I, I watched, watched one. I only watched the teaser. Okay. Yeah, I, I purposely didn't want to watch all the trailers 
just because I wanted to walk in with a clean slate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, my expectations were high, but I it's kind of hard to describe my feelings for it because I, I, love, I love Star Wars, but I'm not a Star Wars fan, I guess. Like, I mean, when I think of a Star Wars fan, I, I think of, I think of guys like you guys, like who, who are. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that you guys are dorks. No, um, no. I think of like you guys know, you guys know a lot about a lot more about Star Wars than I do. I have only, I've only seen the movies. I haven't. I don't really haven't read, read any Star Wars books or anything. But I guess I'm just not like a huge mega fan. I love, I love star Wars. I appreciate the heck out of it. And, um, but I like waking up that morning, going to see it. I was still super excited because I know how classic star Wars is. I, I know all of my buddies that I went with, they were all mega fans. So, I mean, to be around that kind of hype was very, very contagious. And, um, it was just an amazing experience. I'll never forget it. It was we all rode down there together, and um, I don't know. There's just something about Star Wars that makes me love. It makes me remember how why I love going to the movies. It makes me like realize how how why I'm so passionate about film in general is just the excitement and being around mega fans was a lot of fun mm-hmm. it was just a good time and in the IMAX theater like this, the guy there's this guy he made an announcement before the movie started and he's just like it's like as you leave the theater please keep your conversations to a minimum about the film because we got a lot of people coming they, it was, they were very respectful and then like right before the movie started he said okay Chewie punch it <laughs> it was cute that's great I don't know. It was just it, the theater was packed and people applauded when, you know, they were supposed to applaud. And, um, you know, when the opening title came up, people cheered. It was just it was just an amazing experience. So did any of the rest of you guys have that kind of same experience? Like everybody like you could just kind of feel the crowd like pulsing and like everybody's like, OK, hurry up and start. Hurry up and start. I've been waiting on this for years because we did oh, yeah. even even just in the small theater we were in. I mean, you probably couldn't p- fit any more than I don't know twenty five people in this in this one theater. I mean, it was so small, um, but you could still like people were just anticipating it. Like, like it, it could not start fast enough. You know, I I didn't notice that when I went to see it, uh, and I, it was a like a Sunday afternoon and opening weekend. Hmm. Um, I. I kind of kind of sad that I didn't brave the crowds uh, and see it earlier because I missed out on some of the like the Star Wars community that seems to make the event itself so exciting. It was a very relaxed experience, which is fine as well, but I mean like I said it, it was it was really really cool just to be there and uh, have everyone having that same anticipation for the film um, and having having everyone like cheering as loud as they possibly could when the scroll started mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else to describe it it 
just and the the sad part is I don't think we'll ever see that again with a Star Wars film. Um, because now that Disney owns it, and I hate to say this, but it's going to get the same um, effect that like the Marvel films have, where you don't have now that the universe has been established with like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, you you know something else is always coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, but so you'll never have that same like feeling that you got from like the end of Iron Man one when Samuel L. Jackson walks out and you find out oh my gosh this is bigger than we all thought yeah you know and I it's sort of the same way with this like we were waiting and waiting and waiting for a new Star Wars film and now it's finally here. But now we're going to get one every year, which, yes, it's it's awesome because we're going to get a new Star Wars film every year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's, well, we're going to get a new Star Wars film every year. Yeah. It's interesting to <laughs> yeah, think... Yeah, that's kind of a shame. Yeah, it's interesting to think that possibly, maybe, we <clears throat> might get Star Wars burnout. You know, like, a lot of people are talking about, like, super t- superhero fatigue. Um <laughs> Are we, do you think, and maybe this is for a future episode, but is there a chance that we're going to get Star Wars fatigue, you know, Skywalker fatigue, whatever? Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, Adam, what were your, you, I don't think you commented on what your expecta- expectations were. Um, I mean, you, you may be a bigger fan of Star Wars than, you know, the other three of us all put together. Maybe. That's kind of what I... That's what I get when I talk to you about Star Wars. Yeah, I mean... For me, my expectations were very high of the film. But at the same time, you know, I didn't have the memory of the prequel trilogy kind of in the back of my mind. Not that I hated those films by any means. I don't think they're nearly as bad as people make them out to be. But... Um, I think because it's something that I so thoroughly enjoy, it's hard to be objective about it. And so, you know, unless they just totally spat upon the legacy of of the original Star Wars trilogy, unless they did that, there was almost no way that I was going to dislike the film. So I was basically guaranteed to enjoy it, and, and I really did. It was probably one of the most like enjoyable fun experiences i've had in a movie theater in a while it just made me feel very much like a child again and that's a great feeling mm-hmm. so with between one and five stars adam go first what would you give this film uh, I, I guess maybe it deserves two two ratings um what would you give it as a film itself as just a standalone film like the way it was made and things like that but what um as a star wars film how would you rate this film i would i would say you know the film itself in in, in a very technical sense you know is probably three and a half four maybe maybe a little better i mean i think it it was full of action it was paced very very well the execution of the film itself i think was was really strong I mean, it didn't reinvent anything, but um, it did what it needed to do. As far as, you know, my 
reaction to the film, my like visceral emotional response, it, it has to be five out of five. Mm. You know, I'm just so excited about the movie, so loved it. I mean, in terms of like reigniting my passion for Star Wars, uh, easily, you know, six out of five. <laughs> <laughs> As a Star Wars movie, I give it five out of five. I think that the um, the reason I love Star Wars so much, like the original trilogy, is all of the all of the humor and all of the practical effects back then. Like a lot of the monsters in this freaking movie lo- looked so good. Mm-hmm. Like, and oh, most of them, I think ninety percent of those monsters were like all practical and that I appreciate that so much. I love I love like practical effects as far as like aliens and monsters go. So that was huge. That that brought me right back to like the original trilogy and the humor was great. So as a Star Wars movie, it totally was a Star Wars movie. I say five out of five. As a movie, like itself, I give it like like a four point three out of five. I I I a lot of the, I mean, there's very, very minor flaws in the film itself that I completely look past. But, um, I mean, there's a few here and there that I recognize, but, I mean, nothing that I would I would complain about. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I think, it's, I think it's worth just, you know, highlighting one of the things that Mike just said and the fact that this movie has far fewer like computer generated special effects than the prequel trilogy and that's definitely to the strength of this film absolutely yeah. um, so for sure if that was one of the things that turned you off about episodes one two and three like this heals those wounds so yeah. to speak yeah for sure uh, what, about- yeah. what do you what do you give this all right, as a as a movie itself, I would probably give it a four out of five. Um, and as a Star Wars film, I think I would give it a four. Out of five. But I will say that uh, it's really hard for me to to grade this one by itself because um, it's definitely look at what you're going to see because I don't feel like nope meant before you got uh, back and Return to Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely hard to really grade this film without knowing what's what's in front of us. I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, since we're doing more movie reviews on the podcast, <coughs> I thought it would be good to give this movie a rating. And um, it, it, it was it was hard for I love so much, but I've only seen it once. Um, and it's the best, for, you know, when you've only seen it once, because I know that on repeating, you want more things. Um, I kind of keep... Um, as a Star Wars movie, um, movie, um, yeah, I, I would say, as a Star Wars movie, I think it's a four and a half out of five, um, just because, uh, I, I guess I don't, I don't think this is spoiler territory, but it feels a lot like, I mean, you're getting a brand new trilogy, but it also feels a lot like the old trilogy in, in some good and bad ways, um. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, there are a couple moments where it's almost a copy of what you got in the original trilogy. Um, as a movie itself, 
just just as a film, the way it was made and everything, um, I I have to give it a five because JJ and everybody else involved a fantastic job, kind of taking the good and the bad from the prequel trilogy and the the good and the bad from the original trilogy and molding something that felt familiar but brand new all the time. Um, and for that, I have to give him five star rating alone just just for that so i think we all agree this was a good movie yeah <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty good pretty good yeah, it was all right <laughs> um i i will say there because of it i think mainly because of it being a trilogy there were some um some minor like plot holes mm-hmm. that i hope that they that they come back and look at in future films yeah um however I, I posted this on my personal page, and I'll I'll send a link to to Mr. Clements to post on the Geek This page. But um, I guess in the novel, uh, since it is a novel, uh, they can stretch things out a little bit more and fill in some more details. Um, so in the novel, which is technically Star Wars canon, uh, they do explain a lot more. Um, hmm. So I, I, there's an article that I found that goes through, and it. It says everything that they explain more uh, in the novel that wasn't in the movie. So we'll put a link to that, and you guys can read it. And it's an interesting read. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that J.J. Abrams is not directing the the next film, and you know, for this, for him, this is kind of a a one off, which makes it hard to like think uh, in terms of grand scale. I mean, how do you think about a trilogy? that you only have anything to do with the first part of. And it must be like a very challenging undertaking for him as film as a director. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I as much as it would be as much fun as it would be to have that job of directing you know, a film of a franchise that you loved because in interviews for Star Trek he said, you know, I'm more of a Star Wars guy. Like that's that's my universe. That's the one that I love. Um but as much as I would, you know, if somebody said, hey, we trust you with this property, make an awesome film out of it. Now, I, I know he doesn't he didn't do it by himself. Um, I don't know that I would want that job because he had a lot writing on this movie because I don't know. He's J.J. So people are like, all like, well, he's going to make an awesome movie regardless. And if he didn't, um, I think it would be really really bad for him what if those initials stand for jar jar (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't that be a scary outtake where like you know like like that's that's like the post credit scene where you just see like you see jj abrams sitting at like the editing bay and he turns around looks right at the camera just like rips his head off and he's jar jar that crazy. I, I hope that's in like a um, a spoof, like a, a Family Guy robot chicken. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that was the funniest thing. Oh. Hmm. Sorry. Dang, that was funny. Oh, pretty good. Okay, guys, are you ready to get into spoilers? Okay. Everybody dies. <laughs> oh man. Just kidding. All right, so spoiler warning here.
you guys know that I teach at a high school, and the the week leading up to the release of the film was finals week, yeah. and so I was like really nervous that my students were gonna see it opening night, yeah. and then come in the next day and spoil stuff. So like on the final study guide, they put on there like, "This is happening." I love Star Wars. If you come in and spoil Star Wars for me during finals week, I will give you a detention. You will get detention. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That and, and is hilarious. And I had this kid come in and say, Mr. Dorman, did you hear that Han Solo dies? What? And I literally yelled at the top of my lungs. And I thought he was joking, but I've seen the film and I know what happens. So this kid's getting wrecked oh, in January when school starts again. My oh, gosh. Man. So he ruined it for you? you know, I, he, he said that he was joking, but like I had that thought in the back of my mind. Yeah. It's like going into the film, like there's no way you think they're going to kill off one of the most iconic characters in the film. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Like, what a little puke. Can I say I saw it coming? Do what? I saw it coming. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Dying. Yeah. Um, partially because I know behind the scenes, uh, they really had to talk. Um, they really had to talk Harrison Ford into coming back for the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I knew he, he barely wanted to do this film. Right. What so to ha- they probably weren't going to have him come back again. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's just use that as an emotional tool. Yeah, I didn't. See- I did not see it coming at all until he started walking on the bridge, and then I mm-hmm. then I put I-, I started thinking. I was like, "Yeah, Harrison Ford. He's not going to want to do any more of these. He's pretty much done." And then I pretty much knew what was going to happen as soon as he started walking towards. Kylo Ren. Yeah, one step, and I'm like, crap, crap, I'm going to hate this part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea up until that point. Right. So while we're on this topic, you mentioned this before in the spoiler-free section, mm-hmm. but there are several, several elements of this film that are parallel to or uh, copies of mm-hmm. plot elements or plot devices in the earlier films. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. How did you feel about that? Bueller. <laughs> uh, me personally, uh, I don't know. I mean, I felt like they were pretty blatant. Um, and I don't think it was necessarily bad. Like, I guess that's kind of what I was saying before was it was good and it was bad for me because I mean, it needed to feel like star Wars. Um, but like, you know, this scene in particular, it, it just screamed empire strikes back to me, you know? And and that's the only thing I could think of. And, (laughs) It didn't necessarily ruin anything for me because emotionally I was still invested. Um, but you have you have other scenes like the planet that um, Ray is on um, is is kind of like a twin planet of Tatooine. 
So if you're not paying attention, which not that I wasn't, but I also had a seven-year-old with me, um, you get confused and go, okay, this isn't Tatooine. This is, you know, this other planet. And, um, Jakku. Yeah. Jakku. Jakku. Um, so everybody wants to go back to Jakku. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, Having only seen it once, I don't think it's enough to to mess me up. And obviously, I, I still gave it a really good rating, you know. Um, but yeah, there there's just a whole lot of stuff when you really think about it. You know, like you have this um, Death Star like, um, and and I was gonna say that is the only part where I almost like sighed out loud when I when they showed. Like the image of the the Star Killer mm-hmm. planet thing, it's like really, really. You didn't yeah. learn from the Empire's mistake twice. Yes, it's bigger. Yeah, okay. like, this one's bigger, <laughs> <laughs> and it looks a little I, cooler. <laughs> it didn't really bother me that much. I could totally tell. I, that's a good question, Adam. Because when I hear people complain about this movie, that's the main thing I hear. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh man, it's just like a rehashing of A New Hope. But uh, I didn't mind it at all. Um, I sort of liked it <laughs> a little bit. I know that's, but then again, I'm not like a huge, huge Star Wars fan. So when somebody says it was way too much like the first movie, I understand those complaints and I totally get them. And I think that they're justified, but I don't know. I, I still feel like it, it stood on its own as its own movie. Yeah. I, I, I can I can totally see the the comparisons, and I can understand why people would say that. But as a as a movie itself, I thought it was I thought it was really really good, and I, I feel like I feel like what what set itself apart from A New Hope or Star Wars. Um, was the characters? I feel like, um, I feel like uh, Finn and Ray. I feel like they were, they were absolutely their own characters, and mm-hmm. like Star Wars had never has never seen any any characters like those two before. So I feel like those two definitely set the set the move apart from the from the original. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think something that uh, Dave said earlier is really important here too, because this, you know, the anybody involved with this movie had the challenging task of making this feel like Star Wars, and and I think kind of having this movie, which is very much about things cycling back around, like that's part of what makes. Star Wars, Star Wars is this sort of generational cycle that seems to repeat itself, or not, depending on, on how the events play out. For this movie to mirror so many elements of things that had happened before, it makes total sense. And I think as much as anybody complains about this movie reminding them too much of the other movies, first of all, like, chill... And second of all, it, it needed to. Yeah, yeah. And I think J.J. Abrams did a really good job of taking those elements and putting his own twist on them mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, even something as, as simple as 
you know, the uh, the mysterious relationship between father and son, which is a huge part of episodes four, five, six, and turning that on its head and having the son be the one who's the bad guy. And not mm-hmm. only is he the son, but he's the grandson yeah. of the bad guy from the you know, original films. Like there are so many little things about this that you could nitpick, but I think it it probably couldn't have been handled better than it was exactly because because it really you know it felt like star wars yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. um i I don't know if you guys have seen this (coughs) this meme going around facebook but um i I can't even remember exactly what it says but um says something about you know when you realize that star wars is just um one family messing up the entire galaxy with their problems uh i i I agree, but it's like I don't know that I want anything different. Like I love these characters and I love the new characters um mm. so much that um I want to see this conflict. I want to see good win over evil. I want to see, you know, sometimes evil conquer good just so evil can come back and kick its butt, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, you want Say that again. <laughs> you said you want to see evil conquer good so evil can come back and kick its butt. Did I, I, say I think that? you just want evil to win, David. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, no, I meant I want evil to win so good can come back and kick its butt. That's what you've I gone, meant. You've gone to the dark side. <laughs> wow, I did that subconsciously. So, that's scary. I don't know the Are power of the dark side. chopping everything angrily with a lightsaber? Yes, um, I do that every day anyway, so... Um, so, did that bug anybody else, or was it just kind of me? Like, initially the, it bothered me. The angry Kylo Ren? Yes, the, the, the teenage tantrums. Uh, it didn't really bother me. I didn't really think about it, um, while I was watching it. Um, it wasn't until later when I saw, like, some memes and stuff of it that I started yeah. thinking back about it. Yeah, same. I thought have you, the, sorry. Have you guys seen the uh, emo Kylo Ren Twitter? Yes. Ashley <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ashley showed me that. She she was like, "Have you seen this?" And I read some of those, and I started cracking up. Oh, um, on Kylo Ren, Mike. I saw your wife. She posted a picture of. I can't remember his name. The guy that actually plays Kylo Ren. Um, yeah, Adam Driver, yeah. Yeah, and how, how you know, this, this, this crush that she's got on him and everything. And you said something that I thought was amazing coincidence, where you said that basically he's just like a young Han Solo. Mm. And I was like, oh. as soon as he took that mask off, I was like, wait a minute. So I kind of figured out the, the mystery of who he was before he actually took the mask off and... Oh, you mean, you mean, um, I think I said something like he's, uh, his hair reminded me of Anakin or something like that. I don't remember. I thought you said something about him being a young Han Solo and, you know, I, I actually thought the same thing Mm -hmm. when he took off the helmet that he looked like Anakin. Yeah. 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 Something like that. I, I, and he he whined like Anakin. Yeah. (laughs) Like when I, I mentioned, I don't. Ex- I don't remember exactly what I said on on her Facebook post. I, I said I said something. He he looked like somebody. 
I don't think it was Han Solo. I think it was somebody else. But I did say after um, after we saw the movie because my wife was just geeking out about how dreamy Adam Driver was. <laughs> but I, like I said, I said to everybody we were with, I was like, I was like Kylo Ren was super menacing and very intimidating until that dude took off his helmet, and then I was like. His his long hair flowing, and it reminded me of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> and he was just, like, crying and whining. I was like, I am not afraid of you anymore. Like, put that helmet back on. <laughs> you, were <a> lot, <laughs> you were a lot scarier. But, yeah, Ashley's got a huge thing for Adam Driver. She, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show Girls, but um, he was in that. I think that's an HBO show or something like that. But um, she used to watch that show. So, yeah, she her and um, Alyssa, the other girl that was there with us, and they were just geeking out about how dreamy he was. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he was a, actually raised in Indiana. Yeah, that's what that's what Ashley told me. I, that's what she told me. But yeah, I mean, as soon as he took that helmet off, I'm like, you're a whiny little girl. <laughs> well, oh. Think about how that plays narratively. Because so much of him as a character mirrors Darth Vader. Yes. And yeah. and Anakin was that. Like he he was someone who didn't know how to deal with his emotions properly. Yes. And then like his strength to begin with is like essentially a facade. It's a it's a persona that he takes on. Mm-hmm. And that mask represents, you know, that that menacing evil Yes. Underneath which, in both cases, with Darth Vader and with with Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. it, underneath that is someone who's like has this deep emotional turbulence. Yeah. To my, I mean, I you know, I, I don't think that that was done on accident. I agree. I hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. I um, I understand exactly why it was directed that way, and I think it was great. But, like, deep down, I was just chuckling to myself because <laughs> just the, the similarities just made me laugh. But I, overall, overall, I didn't have a, I didn't have any serious issues with it. Um, Adam, as a, a fan of the, the, the books and, and the expanded universe as it was once known, um, what did you think about the twist there when you, f- when you find out, um, one that Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's son, um, and two or B, whatever I used first. Um, when you found out that his name was Ben, did that? Did that? Did you think about that at all, or was that just me? You know, when I first saw the movie, and even the second time, when he calls his real name, like he does it so quickly. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't even sure what he said, mm. um, but you know, I I knew going into this that they had sort of divorced the film from the extended universe on purpose right. because they really wanted to take this into uh, a new realm of storytelling, a new direction, if you will. And there was no way that they were going to have like Jason and Jane a solo show up in this this film. It just wasn't going to happen. And I'm, I'm glad they didn't because. You know, they're they're telling their own story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Yeah, it was it was interesting to me because um, for Mike and David, I don't know 
Mike, you said you haven't <laughs> read any Star Wars books, and David, I don't know how much you've read. Um, but Ben is actually, in the books, he was Luke's son. Um, and uh, I, actually, I, I, think, I don't know that he ever really grew up in those books, or at least I don't remember him growing up in the books. So it was, it was kind of cool. Cause it was kind of an homage to the fans that had read expanded universe stories that it's like, okay, we know that, um, <coughs> we know that you're watching and this film is still for you. Just, um, be patient and enjoy what we've got for you now. Huh. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a whole new film, uh, a whole new, uh, set of Star Wars books. I mean, they're already being published, things that fall into the new canon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, geez, where do we go here? Um, do you guys want to talk about the, like, our new main characters a little bit? Talk about Ray and Finn? Sure. Yes. Yes. Um, well, let's just kind of go by order of appearance. Let's talk about Finn, who... Uh, was just fantastic in so many ways in this movie. Um, humor. I loved having a lead character that was that was funny and confused and um, such a good heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I I will say I think this was the funniest Star Wars film. Period. Yes. You know I feel like there was more humor in this than any of the other Star Wars films at all. Probably right. And I loved it. I did too. <coughs> and yeah, Finn uh, was a a good spot of of a, a majority of that humor. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I loved the part where he was uh, trying to talk BB-8 into telling Ray where the, the base was. Yeah. And he did, does a thumbs up. Yeah, the light. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. so good. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, um, I love John Boyega. I, I I saw him way back in the day in a independent like alien movie called Attack the Block. Oh yeah, it was the first it was the first time I ever saw him, and I loved him in that movie. I thought I thought even back then I thought to myself, this kid is pretty awesome. He's really really fun to watch. It's fun to watch act, and um, I was so excited when I heard he was going to be in Star Wars. I was like, that is amazing. I was like, how did he manage to get in Star Wars? Because I haven't seen him since that movie, and that was like back in 2011. So hmm. I, was really, I was really happy that he was in this, and I think that was one of my main things I was anticipating going into this movie. And he was... So good, and it was awesome to see. Like he, you could tell through his performance that he was just pumped to be in this movie. He was just so excited to be there, and uh, yeah, like like you said, David, he was just really funny. I, I love it when like um, <laughs> when Ray is like, "It's like you're you're part of the resistance," and he's like. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this yeah. I'm in the resistance. This is this is what we look. This is what we look like. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so good. And he, his character was just so likable. He was like, <clears throat> and what I liked about him, what I thought was very unique about his character, is um, 
I don't. I I don't think I I don't think Star Wars has ever seen a character that was um, just very pure of heart, but at the same time very confused about mm-hmm. a lot of things, and like he, like how he was just kind of oblivious to a few things towards the beginning, and I, I loved that about his character. I thought that was really cool, and like how he was when he was in the stormtrooper outfit, and he was like, "Okay, stay calm, stay calm," and he's like. He's like, I am calm. And he's like, no, I'm talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I love that scene when um, they're invading that that base area. And they, like, capture Captain Phasma. He's like, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then Han's like, hey, you need to to bring it down. Yeah. You know, and and the fact that he was a stormtrooper uh, really helped facilitate a little bit of the the plot with how uh, they're not using clones anymore uh, with uh, with this new army of stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because when when they first released that image of him um, of Finn with the the stormtrooper armor on, they're like, wait a second, I thought they were all clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but then they explain, uh, well, we're using kids that we stole when they were babies. Yep. Hmm. So I'm I'm wondering if we'll ever get like the backstory with Finn on like who his real parents are. That would be cool. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just because of the way Star Wars works, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Lando. Well, that's oh. what I keep thinking. I thought that like the first minute he started talking about his parents, I'm like, go to Cloud City. That's where you'll find him. I never thought about that. that. That would be interesting. Maybe that's what Vader was doing. Well, no, there's been too much time to pass. He's not old enough, I don't think. Hmm. <coughs> interesting. Yeah, I think uh, that is really interesting. I I love that scene when um, he is facing that other stormtrooper who has that weird, like, spinning weapon thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and some interesting stuff has popped up on the internet about that other stormtrooper who apparently is named TR8R. Um, hmm. I don't know. They know each other somehow because he, like, he recognized him and called him a traitor. So. Right. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Well, and. And that stormtrooper actually had a bigger part in the film than um, Captain Phasma. So, <laughs> true. Yeah, which is almost, which is kind of a shame because uh, yeah, Phasma I, seems like a an interesting character. I mean, I agree. No, no other stormtrooper has silver armor. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, I hope that there's more to come with with Captain Phasma. Yeah. Some people are calling her the Boba Fett of this film. I heard that too. Hmm. You know, she she looks really cool um, for marketing purposes, but she actually serves very little purpose to the film itself. Yeah, I've heard. And that. when you think about Boba Fett, yes, he looks awesome. And in the the expanded universe, they did a lot for his character. But as far as in the movies themselves, he doesn't really do a whole lot. Yeah. True. Um, so what about, um, Ray? Cause, cause we're introduced to her, um, 
I don't know, pretty... I'm trying to think. It's I've seen it once. I can't remember. Um, but uh, we spend a lot of time with Finn before we meet Ray. If I'm not mistaken, am I right? Yeah, a good yeah, a good portion of the towards the beginning, like the first act of the movie is pretty much Finn Finn's story, but not not for long. Yeah, um, I I, I really like <laughs> Ray's character. Um, I think, you know, kind of 2015 has been kind of that, that conversation year of, you know, strong female leads and stuff like that. And um, it w- it was really cool to see her not just, I don't know, she, she reminds me of, of Princess Leia, but um, she, she knows how to fight. Like, she's not, she's not a princess. Um, mm. There's, there's more substance to her than I think there was with Leia. Um, at least on when you first meet Leia in A New Hope. Um, she she does come off as pampered and strong-willed, and, um, or at least to me, she did. And Rey doesn't. She comes off as, as a very strong woman who, I mean, she's, she's taking care of herself. She's rummaging through um, parts and scraps and stuff to trade to get food. Um, so I, I thought that was, that was really great and made me like her before we even got, you know, a whole 10 minutes with her on screen. Mm-hmm. I found her to be, um, an obvious leader and I appreciated that. I, I really like, you know, strong female roles, like you said, and I, I think that she was absolutely came off as like. A, a person who likes to take charge, like a character who definitely likes to lead. lead. And, um, yeah, that was one of the main differences between her and Leia. And I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, she was just, her character was really deep and interesting. And um, I'm really excited to see, like, what they're going to do with her in episode eight, because I feel like she's probably going to be a huge part of episode eight. I, I still want to find out a lot more about, about Finn, mm-hmm. but I feel, I feel like they're going to develop her a lot more in, in episode eight. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like, uh, as soon as we really see her, we, we see that she can take care of herself, yeah. you know, and, and um, one of the really cool scenes that shows that is um, when a bunch of the different uh, like scavenger guys are trying to take BB-8 from her, and they're they're kind of picking on Ray, trying to take the droid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn sees this going on, and he's like, "I'm gonna go save her." And then before he can even like get over there, she's already taken care of it herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that scene really showed me like this girl means business. You know, she doesn't need some guy to come save her. She can do it herself. Yeah, and... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that scene definitely kind of attacks a lot of the traditional sort of female tropes. Um, kind of the way that women are dealt with in hero stories, where they're often the object that needs to be saved. You know, in this case, like... 
Finn tries that a couple of times, and she's like, "Hey, I don't need your help. Don't try to hold my hand. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna save your butt this time. Mm-hmm. Since yeah. you don't know what you're doing." So true. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Was you know, they almost spin it so that so that Finn is the damsel in distress in parts of this movie. <laughs> yep. I love so, I love Finn though. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any, I don't know if this has been discussed elsewhere on the internet, but I mean, I get the sense that she might be someone important's daughter, potentially. Yes. I I hope not, honestly. (laughs) I think she is, though. I think she is, but I hope not, because especially like if she's Luke's daughter, I feel like it's almost too obvious Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. I don't see Star Wars being that obvious. Right. I could have sworn she was Han's daughter at first because I I thought that I thought that uh, Kylo Ren and her definitely had a connection. Like it was a very obvious connection. Like a yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't sure if it was a brother sister connection. It felt like it, but I, I could have. I, I then again, I could have been way off. But, um, I don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. E- either way, I probably I probably won't complain too much. <laughs> She's Jar Jar's daughter. Well, here's a theory. <laughs> <laughs> here's a theory that I've read that I kind of like better than her being Luke's daughter. Is that, um, instead of her being Luke's daughter, she was just, like, one of the young Jedi that he had helped train. And, um... He got her away before Kylo Ren could kill her, hmm. and we uh, left her on the planet. Maybe did some sort of like mind wipe thing, and and that and that's why she so quickly remembered how to use uh, the Force and things like that because she had already had some training. Hmm. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. It's it's interesting how um, that uh, Mas Denata character, the who's kind of an oracle in the narrative, mm-hmm. like looks at both her and Finn and recognizes them as people who you know ha- have some importance. Is it, I, I know it's there's no precedent for this in the in the uh, Star Wars universe, but it, it almost seems like she is a reincarnation of Obi-Wan Kenobi because he's the character who introduces the, the Jedi mind trick. Uh, and like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. that's, you know, she figures out how to do that on her own, essentially. Yeah. I, I, I I've never thought about that before. Well, Oh, you're, you're talking about Ray as the reincarnation of Obi-Wan. Right? Yeah. Okay. Finn. No, no, I, I I assumed you were talking about Moss, um, and I was like, no. I don't know. But um, I think Moss does play a, a bigger role um, than she was given, um, because when, when Rey takes Luke's lightsaber and you have just this cacophony of stuff happening, like it's just, it, it goes nuts there for a little while. Um, I actually read, and I, I, I'm about 90% sure that I heard... Um, you actually hear, um, I believe it's Ewan McGregor's 
Obi-Wan say her name. Um, and uh, it's, I don't know, I feel like there, Maz knows something um, very important about her, or there is some kind of, um, somehow she is related to the Force, somehow. Um, cause yeah, seemed... she, she does say, like, I'm not a Jedi, but I do know the Force. Right. Yeah, so. Right, which, mm-hmm. which sounds, well, and I guess here's the thing, is, I mean, in Star Wars canon, you know, you can use the Force, but not necessarily be a Jedi, you know, like, Jedi is, like, kind of the label for the good guys, and you kind of earn that Jedi, um, because even Anakin in the Clone Wars, you know, he's a, uh, a Jedi apprentice, you know, but he's not a Jedi. I mean, that's kind of overanalyzing things, but... Um, well, yeah. I mean, that they can't discover everyone who has, a, quote, midi-chlorians, you know, and around them, but that have the potential to be Jedi. So, like, say Yoda <coughs> got his way and they didn't train Anakin ever, mm-hmm. you know, he would still have, like, the Force sort of guiding him, I guess, but he wouldn't be a Jedi because he was never trained. Right, and that's, yeah, I guess that's kind of kind of what I was saying. Yeah, you just put it in better words than I did. True Which, but before we get away from Maz, I, I, I do want to say... Adam, I don't know if you know this, but J.J. Abrams actually um, designed the character based on his high school English teacher. <laughs> so, oh. so if you make a good enough impression on your <laughs> and they they grow up and they make a really big film like Star Wars, they might make a character after you. <laughs> Maybe it's that same kid who spoiled Star Wars inadvertently for before you. He's going to make an awesome character. <laughs> or make an awesome movie with a character based off of you, and then that character is going to get killed with a lightsaber. I hope so. <laughs> I don't think Adam would allow that. I think Adam would find out that this kid's making a movie and like come and cut his head off, <laughs> like before he. Even... Wow, <laughs> I, I've never seen Adam in that light before. <laughs> I have. You, you, see you don't Skype picture. He does not look happy. Oh, I, I see it, but I still don't see him. Cutting anyone's head off. I think Adam like could secretly be a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> you have no no opinion about this, Adam. I am not going to comment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun! You guys want to talk about Poe? Yes. Oh yeah. I like Poe. Oh, yeah. I like. I like Poe a lot. I do He's too. Such a such an understated character in this film, but every scene that he's in, I'm, I was like cheering for him yeah. because, I mean that that scene um, when they when that when the the watering hole that bar is getting blown up and he flies in with his with his fleet. I mean, this guy is so. BA, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think the thing that's great about Poe is there is something very old school rebellion about this guy. Like, yeah. like he could easily have been, you know, transplanted into the older movies. He's, he just has that vibe about him. Like he mm-hmm. was, he could have been, you know, um, 
part of Luke's X-Wing squad. You know, oh, yeah. I totally like, agree. Yeah. I, I, I loved him, and when he disappears for, for those few scenes, or basically half the movie, I'm just like, dang it, this sucks. He was really awesome. Yeah, you know? I, got, I got that feeling as well. Right at the, right towards the beginning, when uh, him and Finn made a getaway in the ship, like, and they were like, they were just talking to each other and like, "What's your name? I'm gonna call you Finn or whatever." Mm-hmm. And it was that, that it was just so like, exactly what you said. It was so nostalgic of like of like Luke Skywalker and Han, like like when they're just like yapping at each other or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. It, it was so. It was so cool. You totally. Like, ex- so- uh, sorry, you totally expected no, a ahead. don't get cocky kid. You know? I did. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was. It was one. It was like one of those moments. Yeah. It was exactly like one of those moments. And I was like, I was totally on board with their relationship. And then exactly what, what you said when like he disappeared, I was like, oh no! <laughs> like they were, they were like best friends, and now he's gone. <laughs> It was so sad. Did any of you actually think he was dead, though? No, I didn't. No. I don't think anyone bought that for a second. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no way they could, uh, like, create that bromance and then tear it from our hands immediately. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> That's like Poe killing... Such a, a, he's such a likable character. Yeah. I mean, it, because he's so nice, you know. Finn was a stormtrooper and poe really has no idea his background like how many people has he killed like how many of my fellow resistance people has this guy murdered mm-hmm. you know he just knows that this guy needs off of this ship he wants to escape the first order and and they're mm-hmm. like they're bros you know and then later on when finn shows up um and and they find each other again for the first time you know, it's like they just—they've been bros their whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He—he—he he, he looks and sees the good in people. I think, um, which which I think is is really cool when you're looking for kind of, um, I I, I don't know. He he was just a perfect character to introduce into this new universe. Um, I think he's going to make an awesome leader um, in in the next couple movies. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. Pumped. So let's and talk a- about um, R2-D2 Jr. <laughs> BB-8? Um, I know a lot of people were worried that he might be the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. Um, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I felt really bad that there was barely any R2. Um because the, I, I think mean, we'll get plenty of R2 in the next film. Probably, but this guy totally stole any other droid spotlight. Like, if, if R2 were to show up, I mean, he did, but it's like everybody in our theater clapped, and you're like, yes! And then he had no power or was in hibernate mode. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, okay, BB-8's still here, we're good. <laughs> exactly. I liked BB-8. I like BB-8. <laughs> I, um, oh, good. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, I definitely <clears throat> agree with you that he he kind of was like R two D two two point oh. Mm-hmm. You know that they 
they felt <coughs> almost exactly alike in their personalities. Um, and and you gotta wonder if like R two D two and BB eight are like droid buddies because the way BB eight like came up to R two D two and was like, "Hey, wake up!" Yeah, you know it. It it makes me. I I want to see that like that Lego Star Wars film with R two D two and BB eight. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They need a Christmas special with just the droids. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I would watch it. Yeah. Dear Kathleen Kennedy. BB-8 sort, BB-8 sort of reminded me of Wally. He did. Like, yeah. The noises that he was making. I was like, that's totally a Wally sound. You know, I didn't pick up on that until you just said that. It was like, <laughs> I was like, that's Wally. But... I had a blast. Uh, I, I thought I thought BB-8 was cool. I, I didn't think that. Um, I know a lot of people were worried about what he would be like, but I, I thought it was I thought it was cool. It was kind of like you said. It was a little bit of a rehashing of R2D2, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Speaking of droids, um, so we get kind of this cameo, uh, for lack of a better term, of C-3PO with his red arm. Um, that was so good. <laughs> it came out of nowhere, too. Well, I love what he says. I didn't know if you'd recognize me with my red arm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, love how he, I love how he just pops in the screen, like, uh-huh. really fast. Like, right. that doesn't even give the audience a chance to, like, breathe. It's just like, oh, there he is. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's one thing that this film did really well was fan service. Um, you know, it, this movie was for Star Wars lovers. And, uh, I mean, I just, <coughs> I had like the biggest grin on my face each time somebody from, you know, the old trilogy came on the screen. Um, and I, Admiral Akbar. <laughs> yes, yeah. and um, uh, what's his name? The guy with the big ears. Oh, shoot. Niet Nub, I think is what his name is. Um, oh, yeah. He's, uh, I, I think he was Akbar's like, right-hand man um, in Return of the Jedi. Oh, I thought you were talking about Quark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. Wow. Just kidding. Oh, okay. man. Anyway. That was great. Uh... Wow. <laughs> wow. Where do we go so, from there? <laughs> what did you guys think of uh, Snoke? Oh, uh, yeah, we haven't even talked about him. That's true. Uh, I I don't know that we... I mean, what do we know about him so it, far? There's so many speculations about Snoke. Yeah, but besides the speculations, what do we know? Except um, that he might be a giant. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that too at first. I was like, what the heck? He's so humongous. Where do they breed these? And how did he get Jedi or Sith powers? Yeah. I, I don't I don't know exactly who he is or what he is. I thought that he was creepy and dark <laughs> and evil, which was cool. But um, I, I th- that was... Um, um, I don't know what's the actor's name that does all the the 
the motion capture. What's oh, yeah, name? Andy Serkis. Andy, that was the Andy Serkis, yeah. And I love him. Love that guy. And um, I was, I thought he did a great job. But um, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. <laughs> I thought it was cool. He he reminded me of um, Voldemort a little bit. <laughs> I'm yeah. really interested to see what they do with him because they have to make him feel like he's bigger and badder than the Emperor ever was because, I mean, he's the new big bad. It's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. He didn't intimidate me. Like, you know, growing up, the Emperor creeped the heck out of me. Yeah. This... He did. He wasn't as threatening to me. Um, well, did the Emperor creep the heck out of you in New Hope? When I was a kid. Because I we didn't really see much of the Emperor in A New Hope and Emperor Strikes Back, or Empire Strikes Back. Right. You know, he he showed up in, in holograms just like Snoke. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really see a ton of him. I guess, so it really wasn't until Return of the Jedi that you were like, oh man, this guy is crazy. He scared me in, in Return of the Jedi when I first saw it. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe I think maybe for me the way that you know, Vader and the Emperor interacted with each other um, maybe that I, I felt like the Emperor was in more control um, mm-hmm. even though Vader had this presence to him. Whereas you know, once you get kind of so far with Kylo Ren, I feel like Snoke loses that that appearance of power when Kylo does too. Like when he just kind of like when you find out that maybe he's you know this whole persona is for show. Um, I feel like Snoke kind of loses some of his his badness. Hmm. I don't know. When Snoke first showed up on the screen to me and he did have that like giant hologram, I was like, Man, this guy's this guy's nuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's nuts. <laughs> and and maybe he does have a slight like <coughs> inferiority complex, so he has to make himself look huge. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I I'm excited to see where they go with him. Good, good. <laughs> do you guys think we'll see the rest of the, the Knights of Ren? <clears throat> or do you think they're dead? <clears throat> Wait, what is that? Ky- Kylo Ren um, is like the... He's been deemed the master of the Knights of Ren. That's where his his like, his like Sith last name Ren comes from. And when you... Um, See the like the fever dream that Ray has, and uh, Kylo Ren is is killing uh, the the like Padawans uh, of mm-hmm. of Luke. Uh, you see like a bunch of people standing around him, and, and those are the Knights of Ren, and that's the only the only little bit of those guys that we see is in that fever dream. Hmm. So I I wonder if we'll see the rest of the Knights of Ren in a future movie, or if maybe in, like, an extended universe type thing in this new canon, 
we'll see something where something happened to them, so now he's the last surviving one. Yeah, now that you say that, I have a feeling you're right. I feel I've, they'll probably show up again at some yeah. point. That's interesting. I definitely did not pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm, I didn't either. I just looked it up and interesting. Somebody did research. Dang it. <laughs> I just paid attention when I watched it the second time. <laughs> I oh, had a seven-year-old. Oh, okay. All right. <sighs> All right. Fine. Yeah. Not even fair. No, I mean, when I watched it the second time, I purposely like paid attention to every detail yeah. because I knew that there had to be a lot of stuff that I missed the first time around. Yeah, mm-hmm. I only saw it once, so. I feel your pain, Mike. <laughs> um, what did we think of Leia's part? Um. I myself, I was a little disappointed. Um, I get, I don't know, like with with Harrison Ford and and uh, Carrie Fisher, I felt like they were there because they kind of had to be, uh, not for really the whole movie, um, but especially Carrie Fisher. It was almost like, you know, I'm getting old, so I can't be up and filming for you know 13 hours a day anymore. So give me as little dialogue. And make me as important as possible. Yeah, I think her performance was probably one of the weaker acting parts of, of the film. Mm-hmm. And that being said, I mean, I, I think she did what she needed to do narrative-wise. I don't know. It, if there were any points of the movie where I was like, sort of disengaged from what was happening it was it was with her yeah I don't think she did nearly as bad of a job as people are saying on the internet yeah I I don't know I didn't have a problem with her I just think there's so much going on in this movie and so many new characters and people who are like just really exciting to watch that it's of course like people are going to complain that right. her work is understated. Right. I I was actually um, I was actually sad that they didn't use her more because I actually did love I loved seeing her on on screen. I, I don't know what it is about Carrie Fisher. I think she's one of the sweetest ladies ever. It's probably cuz I saw her at Indiana Comic-Con and I was like <laughs> it's like she's like the coolest lady ever. But um, I, w- I thought that I thought that um, they could have used her a little bit more. I-, I do agree. I don't. I don't think her acting was, you know, amazing. But I didn't think she was bad at all. I think that they. I honestly feel like they could have used her in more ways. But um, I was glad that she was the one that said, "May the force be with you." I thought that mm-hmm. was very. I thought that was that was great. I th- I'm really was really happy that they used her to say that. That was cool. Yeah, and, and well, that's, that's a track to the original trilogy, too, where she turns to Han and, and tells him that before he takes off. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was pretty great. Well, um... And, and get your tissues ready, but in the, uh, in the novel, um, before Han leaves, he says, um... There's something I've always really wanted to tell you, and it, you know, it's he's probably wanted to tell her like I love you too, right? 
But she says, uh, wait until you come back to tell me. Oh, man. And then he never comes back. Oh, man. That's so sad. I'm so glad they didn't do that in the movie. Cause I, oh, yeah, that would have been game over for me. That would have that killed me. Come to find out I mean, she didn't check her, her, her text messages and he actually texted it to her. <laughs> it was hard enough seeing Chewbacca's face at the end of that scene. Oh. But, but, like, th- that would have made it a hundred times worse. Plot twist? <laughs> Chewbacca's first thought was, thank God I'm finally free of that life debt. (laughs) 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 Yes. Bravo for that one. Ten points goes to David. So. Oh, man. Okay. Anything else anybody wants to talk about? Harrison Ford was great. I know that this was uh, hard for him to do because he's a grumpy old man. Yep. But I really, I really appreciate him doing this. And if I, if I ever see him <laughs> in person, I would like to say, "Hey, man, thanks for thanks for doing this for the fans." He probably would say, "I didn't do it for you. I did it for me." But uh, <laughs> right. um, I, I thought. I thought that he really gave this movie um, a proper goodbye to Han Solo. And Agreed. I, I I thought that he was great. I really do. I thought that it was. I didn't. I didn't think that it was uh, Harrison Ford on because he could have easily just been lazy about it. Mm-hmm. But I honestly felt like that was Han Solo. Yes. And and I I, I um. To give you a good example of um, an actor who is old and comes back to do a character that who he doesn't care about, I don't know if you guys are into Die Hard at all, but um, the last, the the most recent Die Hard movie, um, Bruce Willis just was so freaking lazy in that film, and it was not the character of it was not the character at all. It was just Bruce Willis being lazy Bruce Willis. Hmm. But um Harrison Ford could have easily done that, but he didn't. He he did a great job and I was very, very happy. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, those final that final scene that he was in uh just gave that moment so much emotional gravitas. It just really um really like a very heavy heavy scene yeah yeah yes so thanks Harrison (laughs) we'll miss you Han yeah (laughs) what about General Hux um uh who dat? I don't know. Who dat? I don't he remember. Was the, he was the, <laughs> the like the redheaded guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. The other guy who saw Snoke besides Kylo Ren. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> um, you mean one of the Weasley twins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was alright. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. He just felt like. He just felt like another, like he was the face of the first order. Yeah, you know he. 
And he, that there was that really weird, awkward Nazi scene with the First Order where he was yeah. like standing on stage yelling at everybody and then they do that salute that almost looks like the Nazi mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally was. It was very much a Hail Hydra moment. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely was, yeah. It's the first thing I thought of, too. That's what yeah. Ash, Ashley said next to me. She was like, okay, Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's my only real memory of him in that film. I think it would be, it would have been interesting to see like an actual functional galactic empire, because they're painted as this awful, awful like military force. Like they would have also had some sort of governmental presence on the planets that they were overseeing. I mean, was it like? Was it like Nazi Germany, where if you were on the inside, like, you had a great life, and it was just, you hmm. know, you were hmm. patriotic for the, the Empire or something? Yeah. It just seems so weird that they are such the face of evil that, you know, we, I don't know, it, it could complicate the conflict between those two organizations, between the Republic uh, and the First Order in a way that's, like, actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Rather than having it be such a black and white good guy bad guy relationship. Well, I read that how the first order started was when um, the empire died. Um, when the empire ceased to exist and the republic took back over, uh, people at that time had gotten so used to being told what to do with the empire that they wanted it to go back to that way, and that's how the First Order started. People wanting to bring the Empire back. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I think it'd be interesting if they fleshed some of that out a little bit in, in later movies, but I'm not holding my breath. I mean, there's already so many like various plot arcs that are, that are present in this film series. I can't imagine them... I mean, it'd have to be like... Uh, like a new continuity novel explaining, like... I mean, definitely for fans of um, Game of Thrones who enjoy the political maneuverings as much as the the action stuff, it would be interesting. Well, and some might argue that was, like, the best part of the prequels was seeing how the Empire was was founded, you know? Oh, absolutely. where it came from, the... I enjoyed the the political stuff and that way better than oh sorry I think a pop up ad just came up um, <laughs> oh my I enjoyed the political stuff better than any of the the Anakin whininess mm-hmm. <laughs> I I couldn't agree more that was like the one thing that made those interesting I was watching Palpatine play both both governmental systems against each other it was super super fascinating. Agreed. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I think that's all of the characters, pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, we basically. Can kind of... Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I just said basically. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, if you want, we can just go ahead and start wrapping this episode up. Um, unless anybody well, else has anything they want to talk about. Well, um, 
as far as the, the, like the future of Star Wars, is there anything you guys are <coughs> like really anticipating? Like, what do you want to see in the mm. the future films? I want to see Luke talk. <laughs> <laughs> or hear Luke, or hear Luke talk. Yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely. I mean, now that the 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 series is back. Like this movie was very much an apology for the prequel trilogy, and I think they I think they've made amends. And so I would like to see uh, Ryan Johnson and the writing team episodes eight and nine a very like bold and new direction, even to the point of possibly you know made up some of the fans like for the purposes of the narrative. I'd love for them to tell like a really interesting fresh story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see doing that. I mean, if anyone else could do it, it would be it would be him. I mean, I, I and and I guess uh, accuse it of being a by the books and straightforward sort of science fiction film. It's, yeah, there's yeah, absolutely not. Right. It's kind of a, it's kind of a mind bender, and that's you know, it, it makes the movie interesting to watch over again. And I would love to see episodes eight and nine. <coughs> be the sort of films that I have to watch over and over again and I'm constantly seeing new things and appreciating it in different ways because that's how I felt about the original movies. Yeah. I feel like episode 8 could be could be really dark and it could be one of the it very well could be one of my favorite Star Wars movies just for the fact that I loved I loved that director's style. I loved like how he told a story, and yeah, it could it could be one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah, I'm uh, anticipating it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely <laughs> anticipating the you know the next couple chapters in in this movie or in this series of. Jeez, I can't talk. This section of the Star Wars, you know, franchise. Um, I don't know. Like, I've kind of, I, I, I've kind of changed the way that I look at movies and I hope for movies. Like, I have to keep my expectations low. Um, not in effect. In, I don't. I don't think the next movie is gonna suck or anything. It's just I, I have a hard time guessing about what's gonna happen because. I, I have expectations and then they're not met and sometimes I get disappointed. So I think more than anything, I'm just excited to see what is next. I kind of don't care what it is as long as it continues this story forward. And like David said, at like the beginning of, of the episode, you know, they go back and they fill in the plot holes so that by the time you get to episode nine, um, everything kind of works in this perfect fluid story. You and besides just the regular episodes, I, I'm really excited for the the anthology films. Um, like next year, we're getting the Rogue One film, um, which isn't an episode, but it's a Star Wars. Movie. <coughs> so uh, that's going to, to talk about how uh, the Rebel Alliance got uh, the plans for the original Death Star. Hmm. So. It's going to go go back in time and and t- 
talk about more <clears throat> between episodes three and four. So we we might see more of the details on um, the Empire and what happens in between those two movies. True. Is Jar Jar going to be in it? <laughs> One it can- is. Hopefully just as death. <laughs> One can only hope. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the episode. Um, just because we've actually been recording for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I think, you know, people listening to the episode will totally uh, see that we loved this movie and that we're looking forward to um, what's next. And I thought, you know, for a Disney movie, they did a pretty darn good job of letting it be Star Wars. Um, So, yeah, I think we're all pretty excited. I could speak for all of us. Um, So let's go ahead and wrap up the show with... The segment that we always have at the end of every episode, which is recommends, um, where we recommend uh, things that we've kind of been geeking out um, about uh, over the last week since we recorded an episode. So, since he's our guest, I'll go ahead and start with Adam. Do you have a recommendation for the episode? Sure. Yeah. I'll keep it concise, because we've been talking for a long time. Uh, If you're into video games, and some of us are... I mean, you're probably aware of some of the the heavy hitters for this year's games. I mean, obviously we have Fallout 4, which is fantastic, Uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, which is awesome. Um, But my recommendation is something a little less mainstream. I recently played an indie game with my wife called Her Story, Um, and I basically let her play the game while I just kind of sat back and, and watched and, and made suggestions. Basically, the, the premise of the game is that you are someone who has been given access to this police database, and you're basically searching for evidence in these little bits of video testimony about a murder case. And there's not really like a, a win state where you get to the end and it's like, congratulations, you've won. Uh, it's just an experience which I find really interesting. In terms of narrative, it's it's kind of stretching the idea of a video game, which makes it really friendly to people who don't like, you know, jumping on blocks or, you know, whatever our mainstream idea of a video game is. So it's called Her Story, and it's available for PC. And if you have a wife who doesn't <laughs> play video games... I think we all have wives now, so that's cool. But if you have a wife who doesn't play video games, um, it's the sort of thing that might make them, uh, I don't know, think differently about your hobby and actually kind of enjoy themselves a little bit. Cool. That's interesting. I'll check that out. And and that game is actually also available on uh, iOS. Oh, really? That's awesome. It'd be perfect for that. So if you have an iPhone, iPad, i-whatever... <laughs> um, you can get it on there too. Cool. Yeah, you can definitely play the whole thing in like one or maybe two sittings. It's it's just an hour or two, really. Awesome. Cool. Uh, David, what did you have? Um. Well, <clears throat> nothing really. I mean, I I've been playing a lot of video games, and that's pretty much it lately. Um. And. Yeah, I mean, 
the only thing I can really suggest, and this might actually be over by by the time you're listening to this, but there's a big sale going on um, right now on the Xbox. Um, so if you have an Xbox One or 360, uh, there's a bunch of few games that have sales going on right now, like Fallout 4, if you haven't bought it yet, and you happen to have one of those Xbox Ones, um, it's on sale for, I think, the first time ever. It's the first time I've seen it on sale. Um, so go check out the countdown sale, and I think that lasts until like the, the second <laughs> week of January. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, what do you have? Um, not much since last time, but I will say, um, since this is a Star Wars episode, um, if you guys have not seen the film Fanboys, I highly recommend you check that out. Is it? You, have you guys seen it? I have. You have? Okay. Yeah. Dave? Adam? Yeah. 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 I have um, not. <clears throat> oh, dude. You gotta check it out. <laughs> I it's know, so- right? It's so good. David, I have it on Blu-ray, so you can borrow it if you want. Great. It's it's a comedy. It's about um, it goes back it it goes back in time to when the Phantom Menace first came out, and it's about these dudes who um, take a road trip to Lucas Ranch to try and steal a print like of uh, of the Phantom Menace. They're like mega mega fanboy Star Star Wars geeks. And um, <clears throat> a few actors you you will definitely recognize. Um, a few probably not, but it's um, it was it was very independent comedy. What didn't get a w- wide release, but um, Seth Rogen's in it, and it's I, I love it. It's it's perfect. If you if you love Star Wars, you're gonna love this movie, and it's, it's I think it's hysterical. I, I love it so much. It, it's it's pretty dorky at times, but. If you're a Star Wars fan, you'll love it. And I love, I, I appreciate the fact that it's, um, it, it, it definitely de- depicts, um, how hyped up people were for episode one and how, um, just every, how everybody was obsessing over it and everything. So it, it's a fun time. <clears throat> and Ash vs. Evil Dead, if you're not into it, get into it. <laughs> Um, my recommends for the episode is, um, a comic book. It's a new series that's out. Um, it's, uh, I, be- <coughs> I believe Image Comics is publishing it, um, but it's called I Hate Fairyland. And, um, it's written and, um, drawn, uh, or illustrated, I guess, uh, by Scotty Young, who I've mentioned a million times on the podcast, is one of my favorite comic book artists. He's my um, favorite. <coughs> yeah, it, it is this book is not for kids um it's it's a mature read um but basically the the whole premise is there's this girl um named gert that kind of falls down a hole um and finds herself in in fairyland so it's kind of this alice in wonderland kind of thing um and she the only way she can get out is by finding this key and you know, it's one of these things that should only take like a day. Well, she's been in there for like 27 years. Um, so she's, she absolutely hates fairyland <coughs> and all the cuteness and everything. And she takes axes and like kills fairy 
oh. creatures and stuff. Um, oh, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> and if you know Scotty Young's art style, it just it's a perfect match. Um, I've laughed really hard. Um, <coughs> in fact, just between my wife and I, um, just being silly, um, we don't say really bad words, but I do like to use muffin fluffer a lot now. <laughs> Um, as a, as a substitute bad word. Um, that's, that's pretty bad actually. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, (laughs) I couldn't help it, but you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So if you don't mind, you know, it's borderline, like there's no actual bad language in the book. Um, and everything is very cartoony, um, like even the blood and everything, but it is, it's not for kids, even though it looks like it should be. Um, so that's my recommendation. Um, all right. Well, this is the end of episode 55 or 53. Wow. I did. (laughs) Sorry. I just came back from the future. So, um, this is the end of episode 53. Um, and, uh, if, if you would like to talk to us about this episode, give us your thoughts or whatever, so we can share them on the Next episode, um, you can do that by emailing us at feedback at geekthispodcast.com or you can use our contact page at geekthispodcast.com slash contact. Um, And there's a little form you can fill out, rant and rave and do whatever you want to do. Also, if you would be so kind, jump on over to iTunes and give us a rating. Um, it, It helps people find us and we would love to be found because... 2016 is the year of geek this so please do that and um it doesn't have to be five stars you can do 10 that's that's fine um but is that a thing no no it only goes to five (laughs) i wish it went to 10 but anyway um uh thank you guys so much for listening and before we we get out of here um adam would you like to sell your wares oh yes of course um, I just posted this very day uh, my top 10 albums of 2015 over on my <clears throat> YouTube channel. Oh. So you can go and check that out. They call me medium quality on the YouTubes. Uh, probably the easiest way to find that is at mediumq.com. Cool. Which is where you will see both my YouTube videos and the random stuff that I write about on the Medium Quality blog. Sweet. All right, and uh, of course, Adam, thanks so much for being on this episode. I I did math the other day. I was like, it's been fifty episodes since we talked about the new Star Wars movie or what it was going to be, um, and I'm glad you popped on to to do this. Yes, I would love to come back again. I think this is only my third episode, which is a travesty because I'm like the original like it's true. guest. Yeah, you are. It's true. And, and in case you didn't catch what Mike thinks of Star Wars, uh, Mike, didn't you recently post a, a video? Oh, yeah, I did. I did a very uh, review, like a very my thoughts very condensed in video form on my YouTube channel, Half the Mike, YouTube.com, Half the Mike. So you can check that out if you want. Which you should, because, you know, if you're listening to this, you're devoted and you love us. Heck yeah. And then you can David and Dave at Geek This, and that's pretty much it, right? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, hopefully you're listening to it before the new year hits. Um, and if you're listening to it after, don't worry, it's still the same awesome show that it was in 2015. And uh, we look forward to everything that we have, or yeah, that we have planned for 2016. And we hope that you get the ride with us. So um, yeah, we'll be back in our next episode, which I have no idea what it'll be about because I thought that far. So thanks and. Um, from all of us here at Geek This Podcast. Bye. Bye, guys. Peace. Boy, 2016 be the year that we have four hosts? Hmm. We'll see. Let's yeah, you can contact my lawyer. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it as much as we can. I'll have my they'll people call out, your uh, people. Yeah, they'll work out some royalties. I do have to say that Adam's comment about uh, JJ, meaning Jar Jar, was probably one of the funniest things that has ever happened on the show. It's true. And uh, there was another comment he said that made me laugh, but I can't remember right now. Uh, yeah. Anyway. It's, it's it's always fun having Adam on. Cause, well, I'm talking like you're not here. You are. Jeez. <laughs> he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um... Yeah, thank, thanks guys for doing this and staying up late to to get this episode done. Yeah, uh, sure. Adam's all like, I've I've got the rest of the night to kill. It's only, you know. Yes, and I definitely will be killing. Yes, something or someone. <laughs> <laughs> that kid who spoiled Star Wars for you, <laughs> Jay Stutzman, you little jerk. <laughs> oh, you called him out. It's all over now.